welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. We love a link tree because it's got all the ways you can help support the podcast. Visit linktree.com slash michaelblocktalk to click on the links. We've got a link to Redbubble where you can purchase all of your Block Talk merchandise from t-shirts to mugs to hoodies to totes available in a variety of styles. Another link has all the platforms you can listen to the podcast plus links to PayPal, Venmo, buy me a coffee, should you feel the desire to tip a host. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, and on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC for all the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Eleven international queens are killing RuPaul with their talent. No, literally. What was up with Sick Ru? The title of Queen of the Mother Talking World is on the line in some pounds. That's British money, y'all. It's time to talk all things Drag Race UK versus the World 2. And joining me is the fabulously talented Jenny. Hey, Jenny, how are you? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know what? I I am very excited about this season. I am a fan of almost everyone on this cast. I'm very happy to see the majority of this cast here. So I'm very well. I'm very happy that this was a good premiere. Yeah, these, um, I for the most part know most of the queens. There are a few seasons I did not watch the original season of um of the queen. That's okay. Queen. That's why I'm here. But now I love, that's what I like about, um, UK versus the world because now I get to fall in love with them um, for the first time. Exactly. Well, as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We're discussing reality TV show characters presented to us. Reality production. We're showing the other name the television show wants to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these real people think I'm not tuning on television show the craft, but they've also been self-consumed to discuss what's in the podcast for entertainment to discuss reality TV show. Let's dive into it because we have a lot to talk about and I have a lot of feelings it is the final boarding call for the Glamazons. They're heading to the UK for another installment of UK vs. the World. Why didn't we have Glamazonian Airways? Like, that? where was the tie-in? Yeah, I mean, missed opportunity there. As officially customary on a vs. the World season, our divas are not entering through the workroom. They will debut their looks on the main stage. Which do you prefer, the classic workroom entrance or a special entry for this style of installment? Um, I mean, for this, I feel like I like the entering through the workroom, um, because it is different. Um, like it's, it's not a regular season. So why treat it like one? Sure, That's fair. She is known for serving high fashion looks. Um, LOL. They are going to talk about Tia coffee. She's been stuck backstage for three years and not one of you came to look for me. I guess the question still remains, tea or coffee? She is the glamorous geek in the pop princess of Drag Race UK Series 2. And my pal, disclaimer, I love tea and coffee. She is one of the most sweetest humans on the planet. And I am very much a fan of her campiness and her sense of drag, but also her kindness. But as I mentioned, she's known for serving high fashion looks, a.k.a. her ice cream cone, her pterodactyl, an outfit she sewed with a hole in the armpit. And she's known for her confessionals. And I feel like when they brought her out first, you know she's not only going to remain for a long time, she's going to be the official narrator of the season. She's the one who's going to guide yeah. us through the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely am a huge Tia Coffee fan. Um, 
so I would be maybe a little biased throughout the season because I really want her to win. But um, I'm so excited to see her back on my TV screen. Her look is by Jeffrey Kelly, hair by style by Vodka. I think this was a marvelous way to show an upgrade from season two without shooting your entire load early. It's animal print to the max. The stones are stoning. I love how big the hair is. And it's a fun look and a great reminder of her season two entrance and how she has had a glow up. Yeah, I, th I think it was a cute look. Um, I don't think it was like a standout, but like I got the reference from her original entrance um, of the workroom. And like you could definitely tell she has in the money and a little bit more fashion. Mm -hmm. I'll give her a toot. I will also toot it. Audience, 64% toot, 36% boot. She is by herself and believes she has won. She has only won the title of Baroness Basic and would like to win something that is not offensive to her character. Listen, I mean, I'm sure she tells her therapist about Baroness Basic on a daily basis. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it was honestly iconic because, like, now she has that, like, title to come back to and, like, reference during the season, so... Mm -hmm. She will lay down on the floor, and I have to believe that they were letting her milk this moment for content. Like, you know, like, they're like, well, we have, like, another five, ten minutes before the next queen, so do whatever you want. Now, right off the bat, Tia will remind us that they had a UK winner last time, but she is going to show that she is the mark of their talking queen of the world. Would it be a bad look to crown a second UK queen, or is it just inherent to the title of the show? Um, I don't think it will be bad i mean like if they really deserve it they deserve to win mm -hmm. the um but like as we might see later on in this episode or in like previews for future episodes it does kind of seem like they favor the uk queens a little so is it fair hey, hey the bbc wants what the bbc wants i have a feeling we're not in Nas anymore but you girls are going to click your heels three times because you're going home. I bet she wished there was more than one queen on the side when she said that. Little hands in the house. It's Hannah Conda from Drag Race Down Under Season 2. Was she robbed? I mean, if you don't like comedy queens with flat hair, sure, she got robbed. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, I'm a super big, like, I was a super big uh, Spanky Jackson fan. So um, I think spanky obviously deserved to win but like they could have also easily gave it to hannah yeah she tells us that she is proud of what she did in her season she won three challenges including snatch game and was the season runner-up and we learned that the drag scene is very eclectic and performance-based in australia there is a lot of criticism at the quality of drag race down under do you think if hannah has a good run on this season that perhaps people might understand why certain decisions are made on drag race down under um not really <laughs> they might have a little bit more like of a soft heart for down under um because mm. it's bad rap especially after the first season um of down under but um i do think that hannah's season was one of the strongest ones and i think she is here to prove why it was one of the strongest ones her look is by Kirsten Damned, hair by Wigged Out. I think when Hannah Conda does glamour, this is what you get. It's a nice silhouette for her petite body. I love how soft and subtle yet beautiful the color is and how it pairs well with the flowers. The hair is beautiful. She's using the same color story as her original entrance look. But again, this is how you explode it into like a beautiful piece that's truly working well for an entrance. I loved it.
Yeah, I also liked it. You can always tell. I mean, even on her original season, but you can definitely tell now that she is a put together queen. She's polished, mm-hmm. um, and she's going to bring that every time. I'll give her a toot. I will also give her a toot. Audience, 93% toot, 7% boot. Now, Tia tells us that Hannah is a campy comedy queen and she's got stiff competition, maybe foreshadowing, who knows. Hannah and Tia will officially meet, and I'm sorry the height difference this season is going to be wild, and we still haven't even gotten to the shortest and tallest yet. Oh, yeah. No, I was honestly cackling at some of the some of the height differences. We learn from Hannah that the set is, in fact, tinier and also upside down, down under. Uh, I love her. I mean, she leans into the stupidity without even being asked to. Oh, yeah. She she knows how to make people laugh, and she's very, very strong with that. All right. Ring them bells. Did somebody order a Spanish loser? It's a Rancho Castilla-La Mancha, and she is the Spanish Hannah Montana. As we will discuss shortly, her entrance look and her confessional look are actually inspired by two Miley looks she wore on Hannah Montana. And that is subtle branding that we love here. She came in seventh on the first season of Drag Race España, but she is best known for her awful laugh, which is is the T. That, that laugh is something uh, that is scary. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely like she doesn't she doesn't hold back for the cameras in her confessional no. with that laugh. She says that her drag has changed so much since her season of Drag Race as she didn't have fashion sense. Now she just has someone she pays to have fashion sense. Rancha says that the, on her season, she couldn't move forward as she couldn't come to terms of who she really was. She is, in fact, a woman and reveals she is trans and now she has more confidence. She tells us that she is a queer icon, and if you disagree, you're a transphobe, and that's the tea. That was her look is by Antonio Velasco Madrid and Coco Latex hair by Caligari wigs. I hate the black and blue tool. I hate it with a fiery passion. Had she edited it out, I would have said slight. I think the black and yellow moment, again, very much inspired by Hannah Montana, very fun, chic. The hair is big, the hair is drag. It's not the best look, but honestly, she was never known for her looks. So, in, in fact, this is an upgrade from anything she wore on her season. Oh, yeah. She's definitely one of those ones like Tia Coffee where, you know, they were kind of a mess on her season. But she's known for her personality. So, like, it's nice to see the looks now, you know, being up there with the personality. I'll give it a soft toot. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I'll give it a soft toot as well. Audience, 78% toot, 22% poot. Now, we will hear Tia and Arancha say lovely to see you. Fun fact that this was, in fact, filmed after DragCon UK 2023, which means many of the queens did, in fact, have a chance to meet in person. And hence why I've had the opportunity to interview 10 out of 11 of this cast. Hannah will ask how she did on her season, and Arancha says she had an awful time on her season, but Hannah says she's ready for fun, and Tia's like relatable. I, I had an awful time too, but I want to have fun. <laughs> Tia will be like, also, let's also not send each other home. Could we have had our first alliance here? Likely not, right? This is all fun and games. Yeah, I think right now it's all just banter. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's when people are actually in danger. That's when the alliances start popping out. Fair enough. This will mark Arancha's first time meeting RuPaul and still doesn't think she's as real as she hasn't 
actually seen her in person. Hey, listen, that could be a wax uh, figure. We don't really know. I mean, true. I mean, you get all the theories with the, you know, the masks and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's RuPaul. The party won't stop and can't stop. Spoiler alert, it will. Walking in with the Star Spangled Banner playing as the underscoring, it is Mayhem Miller. Why is she putting herself through this shit again? Well, who's ready for Michael's conspiracy theory unlocked? Are you ready to hear it? I am so ready. She's a plant. I don't think she was meant for the season, and I think it will all come to a head during the variety show, but we'll get to it. I think someone else was supposed to be here, and they needed to bring someone in, and they said, well, you've done stuff for us before. Here's a free trip to the UK. Yeah, I feel like that could that could have been, because she didn't even, you know seem like she wanted to be there really that much i mean the reality is there there are enough spoilers out there there's enough tea out there that you know who's going to be on the show she didn't know anybody she didn't do any research which i don't think is smart coming into an all-star season no (laughs) she doesn't want to sound like a douchebag but she guesses she's known a lot she made it halfway in season 10 she made it halfway in all-stars five and this time she would have been hit the halfway mark she is here to prove to Rue that she made a mistake and she better not fuck it up this time. And that's probably another reason why Mayhem Miller was giving her back in papers. Don't don't go against Rue. Yeah, I th- I think she was just trying to like you know, um, be confident and like joke. <laughs> um, but I I don't know if if it came off across that way. Nah. Her look is by Fuddy Fantasia Lewis, jewels by Amped Accessories. This is classic old school drag, and this is exactly who Mayhem Miller is. Why wear this? I don't know. Maybe she likely had it in her closet and they asked her to fly out with no time to spare. It sparkles. It's got bling. The color is regal. It's just done to death. This silhouette I've seen before. I feel like for your third time out, something has got to give. You need to shock us. And sadly, this does not. This was a solid but expected garment. Yeah, it's cute. Um, I've I've seen it done before. Um, she looks good, but like it's not groundbreaking. Not at all. It's a boot for me. I'm gonna give this one a soft two, just because she does. It's not bad. It's just it's not amazing. Audience, forty percent toot, sixty percent boot. Now the girls are here to gaslight us all with the gag that Mayhem Miller is there, and they all seem quite threatened by her presence. Is it because she's a legend? Would you call Mayhem Miller a legend? I mean, I do think she's legendary um, in, like, the drag scene. I I feel like the U.S. competitors kind of have, like, this weird... It's almost like an advantage plus a disadvantage just because, like, Everyone, everyone watches the U.S. seasons. So if they're going to come in being known by everyone else, regardless of like what country you're from. Um, So I think she is a legend in that that regard. She will tell the girls that she thought she was done after All-Stars, but maybe this time she'll get a crown. Keep dreaming, girl. Keep dreaming. Now you can hate me because I'm beautiful because the glow up is real, baby. Her pussy is like a peach. What's her name, you may ask? She is Charisa May, and she is a Spanish queen who appeared on Drag Race UK Season 3. She says she's repping for all her sisters in the UK, but her Spanish sisters are like, what, are we chopped liver? Whatever, or whatever the Spanish equivalent to chopped liver is. I don't know. 
She made it to the top six slash seven as she is one half of the most shocking eliminations in Drag Race UK history. It's not going to happen again. No eliminations, just double penetrations. Um, That was a lot of information for a short time. She is excited to show her growth and wants people to see she is here as a winner. She's ready to slay the game. Olay. Are you a fan of Theresa May? I am. I was a super big fan in her season. Um, I was crushed when she got sent home during the double elimination because um, those were my two faves of the season. Um, so I'm excited for her to come back and, you know, show her stuff. I think she's hilarious. So I'm excited yeah. to see what she does. Look by Misty Couture, hair by Marcos Wiggs, jewels by G1000, nails by Icy Nails. I think Teresa has certainly leaned into the campy nature of her drag. So while the look has some really great execution and solid silhouette, it's still inherently camp. The neon yellow blue pair very well, though. I'm not sure why that's the color story for a fire motif. The tool cape is just a cunt move. She's got the power. The hair is very much vintage with that drag spark. She feels like a benevolent villain. Like, I love it. I don't fully grasp it, but I'm here for what she's bringing. Yeah, I don't get because like i feel like your entrance look should like you know tell us who you are like brand yourself so i don't really get that but like regardless of that i think she looks great i think she knows her silhouette and it's just very dramatic so i yeah love everything about it it's a, it's a toot for me yeah absolute toot audience 86 percent toot 14 percent boot Teresa will immediately see Arancha and say, what are you doing in my house? But the caption says, what are you doing in my clothes? And this is why we can't have nice things. Not understanding the immigrant. Bad luck, caption writers. Bad luck, caption writers. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was that hard to understand. Um, But um, I love when, you know, production makes little mistakes like that. As we all may know, Teresa and Arancha are very familiar with each other. Arancha actually appears in Teresa's music video for My Pussy Is Like a Peach, along with a lot of her Draggers and Spanish sisters. They are good friends, and Arancha says trauma bond, but really the Spanish drag scene quite connected. They, they all seem to know each other. Oh, and Teresa shares that she has guests judged on Drag Race España, but the season after Arancha, but she nonetheless judged her from home, like we all did. That was, yeah, that was hilarious. She, know, she knows how to work like the one-liners. She's very good at that. All right, let's do this. France! Bonjour! D- did La Grande Dame get hotter? Like, Jesus. She, <laughs> she, she, did, she, she looks hot. I was not into her on her original season, but I was like, okay, damn girl, I'm here for it. Yeah, I actually, this is one of the seasons that I did not watch the original um, Friends. Oh, I got you here. But, um... She- so far, everything I'm 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 all about it. She is the proud first or second runner-up, depends on how much you like her. And I say I love you, Nikki Doll, but La Grande Dame is third in my book. The nerve of this one telling us that she didn't struggle much on her series as she was in the top all the time. She tells us that what sets apart drag in France is the fashion as they have the best designers in the world. She's also saying she's not rude, she's not pretentious, she's just French. Uh, did she insult all of France with that line? Um, there's some shade thrown. Yeah, a little bit. All right, no designers listed on the look. Did we expect her not to enter like a walking fashion piece? Come on, she looked stunning. 
this is art. She is a model. This is exactly who Le Grand Dame is. I think the piece is quite remarkable. It's fun. It screams French. The hair is actually not as grand as I thought it would be, but I feel like she's saving those Christoph Mecca pieces for later on the season. Uh, she's going to be tearing up the runway all season. Like, good night. Yeah. I mean, this is what I'm talking about, like, with, like, showing yourself through an entrance look. Like, you get right away that she's a fashion girl. You get that she's from France. Um, and even, like, down to the entrance line, like, I think she had my favorite entrance line um, from yeah. the entire thing. So she's laid in. It's a toot. Yeah, absolute toot. Audience, 93% toot, 7% poop. Now, Tia Coffee will tell us that she thinks Legon Dom is kind of hot. I bet both giraffes had a great time together. Can't confirm or deny, but I feel like all the posts... Uh, that they've been posting post-show. They're just feeding into the drama, and I kind of live for it. Um, do you think she's grand? Um, I would... S- probably. Probably. Um, yeah. she, gives the, she gives the vibes. <laughs> yeah. professional. Now, Nailgate. Tia will lose nails as the grand dame knocks them off. Do you think that was sabotage? And why were her nails not glued on properly? Um, I don't think it was sabotage. I think it was an accident. And I think, um, you know, Tia's come a long way with looks, but like, I feel like there's probably like that inkling of like, sometimes she's a mess. So I feel like that's 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 fair. That's fair. Now, I do want to point out for those uh, fans of Drag Race France, the confessional look that Le Grand Dame is wearing that shirt is obviously by the same designer who did her and her promo look, but that shirt was actually worn on Drag Race France season two by Judge Daphne Berkey. Uh, so full circle, sisterhood of that traveling shirt. That's very interesting, and I actually didn't know that. So now at this point in time, Le Grand Dame will stand and talk to the girls as there are no more stools left. Did they not have more budget for stools? Why are they making it so awkward for the girls to stand in the back? That was so weird. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they probably just wanted to, like, you know, play with levels. I just didn't think it through. Mm -hmm. Is it a cane? Is it a leg? Is it a sword? Is it an umbrella? Is it Joan of Arc? Is it Sia? Oh my God, is that Marina? Mabu, hey, bitches. It's time to give these colonizers the chop. Uh, found dead that was brilliant what a brilliant line yeah that was she's another one i did not see her original season but i have seen you know there's clips all across the internet i've basically seen her performances in like full for the season and um she she brought it when she came back and i think that was the another one of my favorite entrances both lines and the look like she She's holding. It's Marina Summers, and she is the most beloved runner-up of the Philippines or the most famous loser of the Philippines. You decide. If you already didn't know, I am a die-hard fan of Drag Race Philippines franchise, and I stand Marina Summers, so get used to that all season long. You're going to hear me gush about my girl. She was well-known for the performances, and they will show us a bit of the Rusical Challenge. And if you're confused as to why there was an echo effect in the track uh we're still trying to figure out the answer as well the sound department on season one of drag race philippines they fucked up so badly it was really bad oh wow really bad really bad she also served looks and personality and it is marina's world and we're just all living in it 
She tells us that she is afraid of being Asian after watching UK vs. the World Season 1, and I still say justice fan pan- for Pangina Heels. Yeah, I mean, I was like the biggest Pangina stand on UK vs. the World Season 1, and I I don't blame her for being, you know, a little, a little nervous after, you know, yeah. the way the eliminations went. Her look is by Paul Cece and Jacob Dukan. Uh Hair by Everything Hair, Nails by Sleek Chic. I love this warrior, but like make it drag. The sequin is stunning. The lining is stunning. And the leg give you, good, good for you, sweetie. You, you, you got the leg. I think this was a very smart move for her to come out in something slightly campy and have it pair with her entrance line and not shoot her load too soon because she could and will just, she's going to destroy it on the runway. This was a very simple yet very smart entrance look. Yeah, I think it it tells us who she is, where she's from. Um, it goes along with her entrance line, which I feel like a lot of people like forget to do. Like, right? It, like it was cohesive the whole the entire entrance. I agree. Um, it's a it's a toot for me. Yeah, I I agree. It's a toot. Audience one hundred percent toot. The girl. Know she is polished in the powerhouse. She made it to the UK and this is her first time out of Asia. That's kind of amazing. That's a cool fact. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She is asked what drag in the Philippines is known for. And Arancha is like, we can leave because she's told it's all about performance. Now, Arancha will note that Marina brought the sword. Is she ready to give people the chop? Y'all, the foreshadowing right when people walk in that room. Yeah, they definitely like. Production um, knew knew what they were doing when they were, you know, editing this episode. Absolutely. And let's just do it. Let's just talk about it. Did you notice her standing next to the Grand Dame? Even in heels, she didn't even reach her shoulders. Yeah, that that was the funniest height comparison. I was I was dying. <laughs> Top of the morning to ya. It's John Burr. She is from RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 4, and the delusional queen is back. She got to the Final Four without a badge, so she's back to have a little fun. She says she didn't have a USP. And I'm like, what's that? But apparently she is the funny fashion pig. Is that the branding that she's going with? Do, do you want to be known as the funny fashion pig? Um, <laughs> I guess she does. I don't know. Maybe it's lost in translation. I, I I don't I don't know. Apparently, I didn't know this, but if you die in the outfit you die in, that's your ghost outfit. Um, does that mean I need a better wardrobe? Because I just wear t-shirts too often. Oh my god! I literally I've heard this before, and the fact that she like brought it up, I I agree. I I think the outfit you die in is your ghost outfit. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to get her upgrade. Her look is by Julian Smith, hair by style by Vodka, gloves by what Katie did. Once again, a season where John Bruce tells us that she's the fashion queen. Maybe she's just a fan of fashion. I don't know. I feel like this is a bit of a letdown for what she could have shown. I like the green. Not sure why we went with black in that material. There's just no life to it. The hair with the snake was the campus part. It's There's nothing wrong with it. It's just very forgettable in this group. Yeah, I didn't like it. I I don't know. It was like, like if you're gonna come in and saying you're like a fashion queen, then like I want to see the fashion. Um, I don't think there's enough green 
in this look like it, it it's not the main focus and i feel like it might have been better if there was more green and i i didn't like the snake for some reason it was weird i'm gonna give it like a soft toot right on the line i don't know i think i'm gonna boot this one audience very much in the middle 48 percent to 52 percent boot she will greet the girls and tia seems gagged and that's all the interaction and i feel like that was on purpose oh like they have like some kind of beef or history no just with in general i think we didn't see much interaction between jombers and the girls i i feel like she's just there I yeah, think that's I why mean, Tia's a little gagged. She or maybe is, she wasn't the first, third, or fifth pick to come back. Yeah, isn't she like the newest one too? Like she was the most recent on a season. Uh, the most recent that aired, yes. Okay, yeah, I feel like that also puts her in a, a weird place. Yeah, it's time to say yay to your K. It's the dark evil witch from Drag Race Holland Two, Kita Minaj. She did very well on Drag Race Holland, and then she was sent home, and that debate will forever plague me. Vivaldi, I am still mad at you and your stupid cell phone. She tells us that her looks come across dark, and as a guy, she's already sweet, so in drag, she wants to be evil. Now, were you familiar with Miss Keta Minaj before this show? So I was familiar with her, but I did not watch her season. Um, I just remember... Um, hearing a lot about the the great robbery of Kata Minaj. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very big robbery. Her look is by Crispy Couture, hair by Drag by Shariel. Why did it have to be leopard print? I don't know. The fashion is very much in line with Keta is known for and still has elements of camp and drag. I love the silhouette. This is a power silhouette. She's giving you a lot of darkness, so pairing it with the white blonde hair I think was very smart. I've been a big fan of hers, and I'm excited to see how sh her looks are showcased to the world and maybe show the world why Drag Race Holland needs another season. Yeah, I mean, she looks amazing. Like, who, whoever, um, I mean, the, the people that made this look, um, it, it, it fits her like a glove, and yeah, she looks really good. I'll give it a toot. Yeah, I'll toot it as well. Audience, 89% toot, 11% boot. Marina and Keta will have a bonding moment because as shocking as being white pass presenting is, Keta is also Asian as she is part Indonesian. Um, I think we learned a little bit about that on Drag Race Holland too, but it wasn't like a big part of her storyline. So I'm hoping uh, we'll have a little more of the discussion about Asian representation, especially on Drag Race UK, because they're really not good at that. Yeah, I mean, there is... Um... Even on U.S., they're very, very bad at it as well. So, like, I I definitely hope it's brought up. She tells the girls that the drag scene in Holland is filled with conceptual queens, glamour queens, dancing queens, and she is a bit of all of it. So she just doesn't want to come across arrogant, but yeah, she's that good. All right, next up, I've been robbed. No, really, where did my sausage roll go? Hello, world, it's Scarlet Envy. Is she the drama? Third time's the charm for her, right? Maybe, maybe, possibly. Um, I, I think that might yeah, be. That's how I feel. Um, she but... she says her biggest strengths in her past seasons were her acting. Do you agree? Um, I guess I think we've seen her in like one acting challenge, maybe. 
she like um, did get the win on an acting challenge, but I wouldn't say like that's what she's known for. No, I feel like she's more known. I feel like she's turned some some looks, and I feel like that. I agree. What I would have led with. <laughs> Scarlett says that drag is explosive in the U.S. and American queens tend to be more competitive. I fully agree. Do you blame Drag Race for the competition of drag in the States, especially at a local level? Let's call it like it is. Yeah, I mean, no, it's like it. the show has made it be so competitive because like now everyone, regardless of if you started like yesterday they're still getting compared to like these queens on 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 our cameras so i would say it's competitive no designers listed for her look and you know what it's fine uh scarlet red is her color so the color choice was there i feel like the feathers didn't really add anything on the back and took away from the richness on the bottom the mug is mugging the hair is cute it's it's a very inoffensive look it's fine yeah it was it was fine um I did. I didn't love it. I think like out of everyone, it was like the least creative. Like she was just mm-hmm. like, oh, I have like a bunch of feathers, and I'm gonna throw them on, and you know, call it a day. So I'll give it a soft two. I'm gonna boot this one. Audience very much in the middle again. Fifty eight percent toot, forty two percent boot. Now, Mayhem will introduce herself as Mayhem from the U.S. How dumb. Uh, but they both got the red memo, so at least there's uh, coordination from the U.S. girlies. Now, Mayhem will say that she has a bun for Scarlet's sausage roll. Do you think they've done it before? No. No. Think, they're just um, being silly. Yeah, I think they're just being silly. Hannah will ask her if she's going to be the drama and Scarlett's like, honestly, yeah, that's the correct answer, especially on a season like this. You got to be the drama. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, I feel like this is so much different than like a normal season. That's how you get far is by like, you know, being the drama. Well, she is ready to snatch some repeater badges at $100,000. Oh, no, she's going to stop herself. And that was the gag that they even let her mock the lack of a prize package of money on this show. Um, they're aware. They read the comments. They know how the fans just don't get it. Yeah, and I think that line probably would have been um, edited out if there wasn't a cash prize this season. Agreed. Agreed. Get ready, ladies. I hope you like it. Roar. The tiger is back. It's gothy Kendall and the cutie patootie just got even cuter. She is the OG loser. It's the pork chop of the UK. And what a serve to be sent in last. She was the last of this cast. And usually that's a power move. Mm-hmm. God damn it. That was a power move to put gothy Kendall last. What a gag. Yeah, I think they I think it was like also like um like a nice sign of respect. Like, no, mm-hmm. like them knowing you were the first out, but like how iconic that is are you surprised to see gothy here or do you think that her post-show glow up really helped her get this opportunity um i think it definitely helped her um i wouldn't say i'm surprised because like you know nowadays i feel like it's like what you do after the show um Mm -hmm. what you've done on the show and she's done a lot so do you think if there was a different timetable of a turnaround for american all-star season one we might have actually seen pork chop return i think so i think if it wasn't like so long down the lines like nowadays like i feel like 
they would bring Porkchop back. I don't. I feel like she's not coming back, but I feel like they would if like if she wanted to. I agree. Since the show, Gothi has released music, has collaborated with people she never thought she would, and if she did that when she lost, what will she do when she wins the crown? She thinks the queens will underestimate her and thinks that will be good for her. All right. Her look is by Miss Ticatori Get Frocked, hair by Marco Swigs, earrings by Fairly Odd Shop. I love that she leaned into the tiger of it all. She's here to be self-referential and remind the kids of her single yet impactful episode on the show. It's a cute corset. The dress is cute. The hair is cute. It's cute. Was this the time, though, to go big for her? Probably. But I think she's hoping she has enough time on the show to prove why with time your drag can improve. But I just wanted a little bit of a boost for this first look. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely cute. I think if I was her and I was, like, the first one out, I would, like, you know, come in, like, guns, guns blazing, like, mm-hmm. out of my first entrance look. But it's still a cute look. I love it. It's a toot. Yep, toot for me as well. Audience 78% toot, 22% boot. Now Tia says Gothi Kendall being there is iconic and groundbreaking. She just hopes she's still not shit at drag. We love sisters rooting each other. That's so fun. That's so cute. Gothi feels it's weird to be back and never ever thought she would get the opportunity, so she's ready. They will talk about her glow up, and by glow up, she means her teeth. The fact that they made her smile was like a little rude, but she's game to play it. She knows the whole thing. And she reveals that she didn't talk much because of her teeth and lack the confidence on her first season. She now is way more confident. And it's also probably because a lot of people told her she's beautiful on OnlyFans. Yep, probably. Now the UK Huns will realize that they in fact can count as they have four of them, each representing one of the first four seasons. Teresa, you win the counting challenge. Do you like that there is a queen from each of the first four seasons representing the UK? I think that's a good, a smart choice because like, I know like the last time, you know, like everyone competed on the same season that they brought back. Like this was like a nice, like you're all UK queens and you each represent a different part of the UK series. Now, obviously 11 queens, this means 11 queens who have never competed against each other. This is the first time I believe in an all-star season where this has happened. I love it. I think that's really how these kinds of seasons should be crafted. And let's be real, you can continue to do that in future seasons because there's enough drag queens from Drag Race to pull from. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I hate when it's like, you know, one season full of like every single person like that's competed together like that's boring like i want to see something like for me when you had silky and raja competing together again for the third time it just felt like they didn't get their moment properly like let them shine on their own or let the others realize wait okay there's an alliance there maybe we should have gotten them out early yeah i fully agree so that's it girls oh wait no the thunder is here another body who could it be oh wow it's raven again one day she's actually going to compete and that's going to be the gag. That will be like the gaggiest moment. But really Raven is there to mock Jujubee and introduce RuPaul. Now RuPaul enters and she is in her sick era. We are going to discuss the evolution of her voice throughout the episode, but poor Ru barely could get words to come out of her mouth. Uh, maybe too many frogs in her throat. Let's go. We'll, we'll say frogs. 
Yeah, I like honestly didn't realize it at first, and then like throughout the episode, I'm like, is she is she sick? And I was like, yeah, yeah. This, this is what dreams are made of. Arancha is finally seeing RuPaul in person. I'm I'm a little shocked that she didn't go watch her DJ set at DragCon, where RuPaul just stood up there and danced and pressed the button. I mean, m- maybe she, maybe she did maybe after. She did. Who knows? Now, Rue will give us a line from Cabaret as she welcomes the queens in English, French, and German. And we had no German queens there. Why, why do we do Vilkamen? I don't understand it. I, maybe on Global All-Star, she'll get to welcome a German queen. I don't know. Yeah, Who knows? I see. Who knows? Rue has judged some of them in person, others she's admired from afar, and I call shenanigans. Tell me one thing that the four that she has not just done on their season quickly. She can't. She can't do it. No. She can't do it. She no. was basically said, shown, here's who's going to be on the show, and she's like, great, thank you. Next. Yeah, like she probably like like watched a, a two-minute reel of all of them. Literally. Now, Drag Race UK versus the World rules are in full effect. Each week, Rue will be naming the winners and they will be eliminating each other. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. In the end, one of them will be crowned Queen of the Motherfucking World. And for the first time in Drag Race UK history, there will be a cash prize of £50,000. Peep Blue Hydrangea streaming her winning song to try to get the residuals up to that high. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be mad if I, I, I won nothing girl i mean listen blue hydrangea doing fine for herself she as much as she probably would love a cash prize she's getting it in other ways yeah sure for the first maxi challenge they will be starring in the queen's variety show not a talent show it's a variety show that i know we on the podcast or we, we sometimes try to delineate the two i don't know what the difference is but whatever do with this information what you will what would you do for a variety show? Um, you know what? I would probably go like the avant-garde route mm-hmm. because I feel like it's more of a risk, but like I feel like it usually pays off. Like I feel like like as we see, like you do something weird that they haven't seen before, like that's gonna get you the win over um like a lip sync number. <laughs> How about here? Go with me for a second. The evolution of Taylor Swift in ninety seconds. Oh my god! And just like revealing ten seconds per album, literally. Um, and then you get to make out with Travis Kelsey at the end. Oh, I, I just wanted the pit crew members. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh god, she she was like, I don't care if there's cameras on me at the Super Bowl. I'm just going to make out with my man because he just won. Yeah, I mean, good for her. She's in Disneyland now. She's celebrating that win. She have 5 a.m. chicken tenders. She's happy. She's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the queens are going to leave the main stage and immediately head to the workroom where there is a pile of their shit laying in the middle of the room. That is a lot of fucking drag in those bags. Yeah, I was like, this is kind of weird. They just like threw like those like heavy bags like in the middle and we're just like, here, Go for it. It was so weird. Um, also, Hannah is like, it's huge. Uh, it, it's much bigger workroom, uh, probably triple the size than the one they have down under. Because I, I know just looking at some of the ways they try to film down under, you're like, you, you, you can literally hear each other from across the room. So how are you supposed to talk shit? 
Yeah, no, it, it definitely down under looks very, very small. Um, And then it just like, keeps getting bigger, like UK, US. Yeah. Watching the Queens trying to move their own bags. um, Wild. And then Mayhem knocking over the wig heads on the shelf. They're like, just get out. Really? Just you're, you're destroying the set. Goodbye. That's Goodbye. the real reason she had to go. So as the girls are getting settled, we will see them stage themselves to talk game very early. First, Hannah will ask John Keta, Marina, and Legrand Dom, now that they know there is money involved, will that change the way they play? Legrand Dom says, as one clever said, my strategy is not to reveal my strategy. And then she says in France, she is a big fish in a little pound. Now she is getting into the big pound and wants to be a big fat fish. She meant pond. This is going to be a fun season, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. How often do you think she's going to get corrected in confessionals for her mispronunciation? Um, I think it's going to be a lot. I just can't wait to watch her actually interact with RuPaul and RuPaul just laugh at the accent. She is like so stereotypical French. Yeah, I think RuPaul definitely likes that when she's like, talking with someone and she doesn't understand everything yeah now the u.s girls will chat and mayhem will reveal that she knows none of the girls i bet she doesn't even watch the american franchise like she i feel like she just can't be bothered she finds out that there's gonna be new rue girl coming to the gig that she's at she's like great i'll, I'll meet them and that's it yeah she just I, wants feel paycheck. Like, I feel like it's probably like if she's hosting a viewing party or something she'll watch it but like if she doesn't make it a point to watch in. Do you think not being aware of the international seasons as a potential future drag race all-star contestant is detrimental? I think at least like knowing who people are because like that's kind of like how you come up with your strategies like yeah, just offering an alliance to whoever's in the top isn't always going to work. <laughs> Scarlet will tell Mayhem that Hannah looks really amazing, and Mayhem's like, who dat? You know, the one from Australia, bitch. Come on. She likes her makeup, though. Scarlet is threatened. Just don't tell the other girls. Mayhem says that no one bitch looks bad, and Scarlet retorts with, are you sure? Why did she not name names? I want to know who she thought looked bad. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I don't like when they, like, you know, don't... Um... Don't embrace the drama and don't, you know. Right. She is the drama. Come on, girl. Yeah. Hannah and Legrand Dom, now without eyebrows, dropping those hot points down for her, asks if she has a nickname. And we learn that Legrand Dom's nickname is Dada, which is not like Daddy. Very, very different. Not the same. <laughs> it's the it's the French, French Daddy. Hannah is Little Hands, and that's not related to some appendages. She gets called hannah conda for that um i call bullshit but um i'm sure someone can confirm or define now arancha who is way taller than marina and keta which checks out is very excited and says it feels familiar but it's a completely different environment and language because for the queens gets to talk in english for the first time on drag race yeah i feel like that feeling must be like wild like you had to like reprogram your your brain to like 
especially for Holland, because I know a lot of the girls speak like fluent English and they struggle to not break through, which is a, a big part of why Janie Jacquet came on the first UK versus the world is because her English was that good. Um, if you watch that, her first season, she broke into English more often than she didn't. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like depending on, depending on the country, like it's definitely like a whole different ball game. Marina says they have not seen much Filipino queens, so she has a responsibility to represent where she comes from, and I'm ready for Drag Race. Philippines versus the world! I'm ready to... We got a cast. We can do it. Melinda Verga wins. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she every, every season from now on, Melinda can win, in my, in my mind. Arancha wants to take a piece of all the cultures, but with money involved, will the girls stop being nice and start playing with knives? And there you have your first girl group line, Arancha. Good for you, rhyming in English. Proud of you. <laughs> now our Brits are talking in their little corner of the world, and Tia is leading the charge. Uh, I'm not surprised. I know that bitch is a gamer. She loves games. She likes to win. I am not surprised that she's going to be the head of this alliance, if there is an alliance. It is the first official commit- UK committee meeting, as they are in the United Nations of Drag. Obviously, this is a real conversation as the whispering got very low. Are they going to have an alliance? Well, it is UK versus the world. But Jomber says she's there to win and thinks she can trust her fellow Brits as they are all on the same page. Watch her go out at the hands of one of her fellow Brits. That would be the gag. Yeah, I feel like the the art, I feel like having an alliance is an art on like this kind of season because like, you can't let other people know that you have an alliance. Right. Um, I feel like, especially with the UK Queens, you don't need to say it out loud. You you have it there when you have your one-on-ones, you know, it's automatically there, but they want to solidify it right out in the open. Yeah. I feel like that's a bad strategy. Teresa will drop a bomb that she is the only queen in the workroom with a Rue Peter badge. And collectively, from the UK, they are representing one challenge win. As Tia says, personality gets you a long way, and Gothi is like, I'm fucked. Hashtag OnlyFans. That was funny, because I, I didn't even realize that. I was like, wow, none, none of them have the hedges. Yeah. They give their official cheer for their team, and they say, UK hun, and that made me very happy. I'm glad that we're all embracing the UK hun of it all. Yeah, I mean it's so iconic. It's still it's still alive today. And, and listen, Tia Coffee has come on this podcast and in an interview and said that she had the best verse of both groups for UK Hun. So she very much thinks she should have won that challenge. Hers was good. Hers, I, I will you, say the the group. The she's group a camp cow. She's a camp cow setting. Yeah, it that it it didn't stick as well as as would have if it was on the winning team. Agreed. Agreed. All right. It's the day of the variety show, y'all. And our Spanish queens from two different scenes are leading the charge in. This is their first chance to scope out the competition and see who's got the skills to pay the bills. And I, too, hope Tia is not going to watch a bunch of lip syncs because that's why we call it a variety show versus a talent show. I feel like on a variety show, we're allowed to have lip syncs on a, on a talent show. Give me the actual talent. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's why they changed it from talent show to variety show because yeah. you know they did the comments. 
Keta is excited as she and Marina are thinking it's going to be wild to be seen by Room. Keta says that Holland is a little country and wants to show the world that they think big in drag. Marina is excited to put on a great show. They may speak different languages and come from different places, by, but drag is their language and they share it. And hence why the international seasons are so important in the world of drag race. You may not be able to understand the words coming out of their mouth without a caption that may or may not be accurate, but you can appreciate the drag on their body and the drag that they present. And I just, I'm gonna, always going to advocate for the international seasons. Everyone should watch them. Yeah, I think I think it's important that we have the international seasons because um, there is drag literally everywhere. And like everyone who, no matter where you're from, you should have that platform to be able to express it. Agreed. Now, Teresa is painting herself in a different color and leaving it to Miss Arancha to call her out. Um, we're going to see that bond because, again, they are very close. They they know each other. And I, I almost wonder if that's going to be like an, another little relationship that's going to blossom that no one's going to realize now mayhem she's excited for this talent variety show and mayhem will remind us that she forgot the words to her lyrics last talent show and will laugh as she says she can't drop the ball again and this is why i think this is a setup it's gotta be she can't say those words and then do exactly what she did last time right she 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 is a professional she gets paid to do drag and remember shit how are we getting this again yeah i was i was gagged cuz um it was it was everything she said throughout the episode led to her doing the complete opposite during the talent show wild absolutely wild she reveals that she's going to be doing something different despite the expectations of what people might think she would do and it's not blinking she will reveal that she's limited in what she can physically do she has long covid and has had to do something different and shift how she does her drag what exactly is long covid i know that is a big thing that a lot of people are discussing confused by Essentially, it's the symptoms of COVID that just stay with you long after it's gone. So for her to be able to do this, I think is really, really just powerful. Yeah, I think that people who watch this show sometimes forget, like, especially like for all-star seasons, like as we age and as like the, the queens age, like it's not always possible to, you know, do everything that they did on their first season um like because our health you know queen's health's come first and i think especially with covid like you know that's definitely something to account for Hannah thinks it's exciting that mayhem will get to reintroduce herself to the world and tells her to kick it in the dick and mayhem is like excuse me well kick it in the dick means do good cultures coming together thanks drag race <laughs> Scarlett will be singing live in a fun, silly number, and she knows that it's important to make Rue laugh. Now, either Scarlett has been doing her homework or she's been listening to this podcast. Me thinks it's the former. There's no way she listens to this podcast. I love you, Scarlett, but come on. I know you. No. Who, who listens to this podcast? Amazing people. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Hey, listen, I, I know there are other uh, stragglers who listen and don't admit that they listen, but uh, it happens. And it's, I know you, Rue girls. I listen. I know you listen. John Burrs admits that she built herself as the fashion queen on her season, but turned it into a comedy moment. 
Scarlet says that Rue sees something in Jombers and she hopes she'll see it eventually. I too hope to see it eventually. Yeah, I, I still have yet to I've yet to see the fashion part of it. Yeah. All right, let's time time to find out what the international divas are up to. Bring it to the runway where Mother Rue is giving us lime, green, and orange, and that classic new Rue hair and a voice only a mother could love. Mama was struggling. Uh, she was like, "We're doing this in one take, and that's it. We're done." Yeah, she <laughs> she was going through it that day. We have our panel comprised of Michelle Visage, Alan Carr, and acting royalty Richard E. Grant. Are you familiar with his work? Um, not really, no. Well, why is he on? I mean, first off, there's no mention and connection linked to him and Michelle, but I'll make the connection. He appeared in the film adaptation of Everybody's Talking About Jamie. If you don't know it, go watch it. Then go listen to the West End soundtrack, which is 10 times better and like they don't cut shit. Uh, you're welcome. But essentially, he played a drag queen on that show and has credited Drag Race for a lot of the prep work he did for the movie. Good to know. I'll have to. I did not see that movie, but um, I have heard lots of you know good things. About I'm still waiting for it to come to Broadway. Um, the LA production had Bianca Del Rio in it. Uh, Bianca, let's make it happen, please. Jinx was on Broadway. She's coming back to Broadway. Bianca, your turn. Let's go do it again. Come on. Yeah, bring it, little, bring it a little closer. To, <laughs> to and, and and even Michelle was in the the West End production of it. So. Uh, Bianca, Michelle, that's the show I think people would buy a lot of tickets for. Oh, Come yeah. on, producers. Yeah, I would, I would buy it. Here's, here's what we're going to do. Let's begin with the Queen's Variety Show. We will each give a score from 1 to 10 and see how they end up and if we agree with Rue and Friends. Are you ready? I am so ready. Theresa May. We are starting off the show with a bang and a big number from Theresa May. Now, I wish you had performed my favorite song of hers, but we are going to get a new track. We are getting Party in Hell. I think this is a welcome blend of her Spanish culture plus British camp. It was joyous. It was fun. It was Theresa. The look was bizarre and crazy. I'm not sure that it was full on devil, but hey, it was an explosion of color. It was very gay. She is a brilliant live performer. If you all have a chance to go see her run, she is that good. Um, it was good. It, it was Teresa. It was good. I, I I don't think it was like the best thing I've ever seen. Um, it was it was definitely cute. I I was a little confused by like some of the, like the colors she used. Um, because like I got that it was like a devil from like this song, but like. If I saw that without the volume, I'd be like, well, what is she supposed to be right now? Right. I'm going to give her a score of eight. Um, I, I would say 8.5. All right. Here yeah, we go. Next up. Point. Yeah, you can definitely do the half points. I'll do it a lot. <laughs> Scarlet Envy. We will get a live singing moment where she will mock her appearances on the show as well as share bad advice. This was very cabaret, but it just lacked that oomph. Not only will she mention H&M, but tells you to lie about it. Okay, okay, interesting. I love that she included a line about writing a verse about snatching a crown, so maybe she is listening to the podcast, because every time anyone does that, I get very mad. The read about losing the wig with nothing underneath will then cut over to Teresa, 
to be fair, the bitch did have something on underneath when she took her wig off. It was just a terrible wig. I'm just not sure what the goal of this performance was. It was fine. It just wasn't great. I think I like the concept. I feel like she I feel like she needed like a few more like gags during it to like match up with the words. Like if she took her wig off and something was underneath, like I feel like that would have been funny. Yes, yes. Uh, she was just saying words. I agree. I'll give her a seven. I'm going to give her a six. Okie dokie. Next up is Le Grand Dame. When it comes to unique and original performances on Drag Race, Le Grand Dame was beyond successful. She will offer this insanely camp soundboard performance where she will introduce a sound and loop it. It's so modern and silly and honestly... Looking as sexy as she does and still selling the camp, more power to her. Color me impressed. This was very well done. Yeah, I think it was like the smartest one. Um, because like it was one of those things, like I feel like you don't always have to have like a kick line and like production number, like you just have to have like a concept and be able to execute it. And I think she did that. So I think it was really successful. I'll give her a nine. I'm going to give her a nine as well. We have Gothi Kendall. Now we just saw um, some fire on Drag Race Belgique season two in their talent show. And that bitch almost set the entire building on fire. Gothi said, I will go half-ass and... Yeah, it just needed more. I wish she had more confidence in her performance. The song was cute, but I need her to not be afraid to fail. Again, why have all the candles on stage and not light them up as part of the act? Do you think she was surprised it worked? I think she was. I think she was, like, especially from her at the beginning of her number. Uh, it, it was kind of giving me, like, first time in drag, like, that she's ever been on the stage before. So, like, yeah, I was like, Do you, are, are you believing what you are doing right now? Because <laughs> I didn't get it. I'm going to give her a six. I'm going to give her a 6.5. I think the fire was cool in the end. I just wish she had more confidence. She's a Filipino, but Marina, I love you, girl. Precious Paul Nicole would like to have a war with you. She is the Filipino winner. I think she gave you a brilliant song, but pairing it with the Silk Veil vel- Poi and doing it so expertly, exceptional. Marina is the force of the season. If you sleep on her, she will destroy you in the end. The confidence, the drive, the commitment, the passion. She is here to win, and she is going to take people down in the process. And she is going to win uh, the world's heart. Yeah, I think this was very successful. I think her voice is stunning. Um, I think the her movement is like needs to be studied because like it was like flawless. Um, and she just kind of like. I think she set the tone. I think I think it was my favorite. I'll give her a 9.5. I'm going to give her a 9.5 too. Ooh. Next up, Kate Minaj. She was always a unique one, and that's what this performance was. The problem was the storytelling. I bet she had done this type of performance before, but in the time restraint for the program, she didn't quite nail the story right. But when she did get on the pommel horse and the gymnastics, she dominated. 
I love that she's giving us a K-hole fantasy, very on brand. Was I a little nervous that she's going to do like a look reveal as part of her talent? Um, and especially being a Dutch queen doing it, I was like, oh no, this is going to be a disaster again. Don't, what are you doing? What are you doing? But overall, once she did that gymnastics, I was, I was on board. Yeah, I, I agree. At first, I was very confused. I was like, what is happening with like the, the Alice in Wonderlandiness of it all? Um, I didn't get like the, the storyline really, but the gymnastics, like, saved it for me i think that was the yeah. i guess she was being like k-hole rabbit hole same thing i don't know maybe it was lost in translation i'll give her an 8.5 i'm gonna give her um i'll give it an eight next up is oh, mayhem miller so a sound bath of the guided meditation listen it's camp it's zen i was on board i was excited to see where this journey was going to go Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, never trust a fart. And then Mayhem Miller did a Mayhem Miller and she done fucked it up. I think had she gone and had a gaffe, but continued with the comedic improvisation, she would have saved herself. She was not stuck by a track. This was all on her. She could have saved it. She is a drag show host. She knows how to go with the flow and improvise. This was a mess, and that's why I'm like, this has, she's much better than this to sabotage herself like this. She, she could not have done this on purpose, right? Yeah, I mean, you you would think. I think it was, like, going really strong at the beginning, and I was like, this could have the potential to be, like, one of the funniest, you know, talent numbers ever. And then all of a sudden, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, if you fuck up, just be like, can I get a gay man? RuPaul's sitting right in front of you. Pull the quotes from Ru and you can make it funny. I, I just, I don't know what was going through her mind. I, I know previously on some shows, sometimes you do talent portions twice to film it. I don't know. I got nothing. I got, I don't, I'm giving, I'm giving her a four. Yeah. Like, did she, did she do that twice that it was both just as bad? Like, I, I don't know. Um, I'm going to give her a three. Anaconda. I saw that fucking piano gimmick a mile away. I knew she was not playing. I would like said piano. That was very pretty. She's going to give you why she's good at this game because she's got ruined the palm of her hand. She can make her laugh. She will give you a very campy performance and will show that despite the high marks are on her own season, it's on them to see that she can still do better. So I think it was very smart to make a song about, I'm not perfect. The reveals of the panty and then being like, oh crap, it's the wrong dress. Very hilarious. Very well done. I would love to see her do like a full cabaret show. Was she pitch perfect? Not a chance, but in the world of drag, very good. Yeah. it. I think this is what Scarlett thought her number was trying to be. But like, yeah. this was actually like, executed well i'm giving her an eight i'm gonna give her an 8.5 jean Burs blonde london paris milan belfast so she's a fashion queen mocking herself being a fashion queen still trying to serve fashion i don't know if john Burs knows who she is on drag race and how the world views her i feel like there's such a disconnect between john Burs and reality I was just very bored. I was I was also very bored. I think this was like 
like at least mayhem's messing up was funny and entertaining to watch this was this is not i'll give her a 6.5 i'll give her a five i didn't like it arancha castilla la mancha so she is subtly paying homage to her verse on Drag Race España, but also instructing us how to say her name. I think the concept was great, but the storytelling was a bit weird. Why the doorbell? Why laying on the pit crew? I don't know. But she made her name so sexual, and the call and response was perfectly executed, very silly and campy. She gave you comedy and vintage lamb, and this was very much what her brand of drag is, even to the point where her wig almost came off. You saw the hair right peeking out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this was, you know, a very successful talent. I think, you know, she was showing her personality through it. Um, and it was one of those like what the fuck moments, like you don't know what's happening, but like in a good way. Yeah. Seven point five for me. Um, I would say eight for this one. And finally, leaving us with Tea coffee. Now she is a songstress in real life. This is a great way to go get streams. Very brilliant song. I think Tia did very well, but I can tell, shockingly, there were some nerves. I know she has so much confidence, but you know what? This is a stressful scenario. She can engage and she proves that she that should she win, she will be able to lead a show. Um, this was a really great way to end the show with. Tia, just like they started with Teresa. Um, whoever curated this uh evening, very well done. Yeah, I think I think it was cute. Um, I think I expected a little bit more from Tia. Um, but it it was it was a fine, safe number. Do you think she got to save to keep the Tia Coffee um backdrop, the the pieces? I feel like I feel like she might have brought those. Maybe. Um, I'll give her an eight point five. I'll give her an uh, an eight. All right, there we have it. Category is for queen and country. In honor of the runway, we are going to play country royalty or country peasant. Beginning with Scarlet Envy, look by Domino Couture, headpiece by Jacob Milhausen. I love the reference. Drop Dead Gorgeous is an American classic. It's a beautiful gown where all the colors help bring this beautiful illusion of red to the eye. I feel like the contour is a bit harsh for this look. She's really bringing that same color palette from the dress to the face. The hair is cute, but way too similar to the entrance look hair. Overall, a nice start to the season, but she's done better. Yeah, I don't think it was it was that bad. Um, I think um, the reference carries the look. Um, and if you sure. didn't have the reference, the look wouldn't, it, it would have just been a dress, a pretty dress. Um, so I'll I give think, her. Go ahead. Um, I think it was successful for the reference, but like, it, it wasn't a standout. Yeah, I'll give her credit. The judges, they said the idea was there, but the variety show needed to be fleshed out. The look is quirky and fun, and her face deserves to be on Mount Rushmore. I'll give her a soft country royalty. Yeah, I think a, a very soft country royalty. Audience, 83% country royalty, 17% country peasant. Keta Minaj, look by Jay, it's Jade. I think the Dutch milkmaid look was very cute with a campy twist. It's got all the elements of a stereotypical Dutch look. And then bam, homage to Indonesia. 
The biggest problem is you could see part of the reveal poking out. Not the end of the world, but it does ruin the overall illusion. I think her Indonesian look was sexy. I don't love the exposed corset as it's silver and the accent color to the red is gold on the look, but overall very nice impact and very well done to bring both cultures to it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, both looks by themselves are stunning. Um, I would say I also saw the reveal poking out and I'm, I like saw it from a mile away. So I was kind of like, there's going to be a reveal, but like overall, I think the concept is amazing. Um, I'd never like an exposed corset on like anything. So I think without that, it would have been so much better. But overall, I think it was successful. I'll give her a country royalty. Yes, very country royalty. Audience, 92% country royalty, 8% country peasant. Jean-Bers Blonde, look by Ed Marler, hat by Noel Stewart. She's giving you a fashion moment. Once again, are we surprised? She's inspired by the national flower of Northern Ireland, which is the shamrock. I don't care that she's celebrating her heritage. What I can't stand is the fucking diaper. I hate that look. Just like Vivian Westwood, let's retire from Drag Race. It's just a fashion element that I just don't understand. It's not attractive. It, it just doesn't work. But it's still a good look. I'm not going to take that away if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, I think it would have been a little bit more successful if like the greens matched up a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, they're two very different kinds of green, but overall I like the look. I think this is what she would have, she should have walked in with. I'm here for it. I'll give it a country royalty, a very soft one. Yeah, I'll give it um I'll give it a regular um country royalty. Audience 72% country royalty, 28% country peasant, Arancha Castilla La Mancha, look by Antonio Velasco Madrid, hair by Caligari Wigs. She is paying homage to Spain via the flamenco dolls that are on the TV sets. Love the colors of the pinks and red. The headpiece is beautiful. The hair is immaculate. I don't think we really see her do this short style often, but it served the look so well. If this is a preview of what's to come, this is certainly Arancha Reloaded and Upgraded. Yeah, I think this is the best that she's ever looked um, on the mm-hmm. show. Period. Um, I think the brown complements her skin very well. I think her makeup, you can tell like how like how much more makeup skill she has. Like mm-hmm. It's stunning. I'll give it a country royalty. Yeah, I'll give it a country royalty as well. Audience, 90% country royalty, 10% country peasant. Tea coffee, a look by Sam Makanam, hair by style by Vodka. This, again, another stunning upgrade. She is paying homage to Britain and her Nigerian cultures. I adore the color story. The gown is quite captivating. It still has elements of drag with the right amount of stoning. The braids and the updo was beautiful. Tia 2.0 really can be a runway slayer if this is the trajectory she keeps on. Yeah, I think this is a good elevated look. Um, I think, yeah, I think the hair, she she slayed. And I think overall, it's just very much, you know, upgraded for her. I never expected her to walk out in a ball gown. Agreed. It's a country royalty. Yep, country royalty. Audience, 89% country royalty, 11% country peasant. Marina Summers, look by Roman Sebastian, hair by Margot Bertrand. 
we have seen some immaculate Filipinana looks on Drag Race Philippines, and Marina is giving you just another taste. I love how incredibly proud she feels wearing this. The garment is beautiful. The silhouette is a great marriage of traditional and fashion, and that mug is always on point. Yeah, no, she looks great. Um, the the hair, like the sculpted, like um hair is stunning um and i think i think this is great like down to like the small details like the the rice mm -hmm. in the back the judges loved the energy and empowering lyrics michelle calls her out calls her performance she's out um but she says they are beautiful and it was a very educational look i will give her country royalty country royalty for sure Audience, 92% country royalty, 8% country peasant. Theresa May, look by Pretty Little Thing. Rule Britannia, it's campy. She is giving you a costume but making a drag. I love the campy nature of this look. I'm so glad she didn't do a silver face. I was very scared that we were going to get a full statue. I think the velvet was a very bold choice, but it's paying off. It's it, it's a solid look for Theresa. Yeah, I think this is one of those looks that, like, you know, is it super fashion-y? Not really, but like it's so polished and like like she has the the corset outside it, but here I don't mind because everything's part of the look. Yeah, everything is just cohesive from head to toe. The judges say she was fun to watch with a hummable tune, calling her a Spanish May West bull in a china shop. They say her look was a brilliant choice. I will give her country royalty. Yeah, country royalty. Audience agrees, 76% country royalty, 24% country peasant. Mayhem Miller, no designers listed. It's Black Pride Statue of Liberty. Love it. I think the garment is she's using is one of the most perfect fabrics for a Lady Liberty look. I want to know where it's from because it's beautiful. The problem with the look is the silhouette. There's something so simplified with the shape and the cut. It feels like something is missing. Is the torch... A prop? I don't know. Is 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 it the draping needing a bit more volume? Is it feeling like it's only a step one to a three part finalized garment? I don't know. There's something missing. I I don't like. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I mean, I think overall this is a great look. Um, we have seen like the Statue of Liberty done on you know Drag Race a lot of times. I will say I think this is one of the more successful Statue of Liberty yes. look. Um. But yeah, it, it's missing something. The judges are happy she's there and love what she tried to do, but her nerves took over and made her forget things and be present. They wanted her to stick to doing jokes, but good for her to dare to be different. And they love that the Statue of Liberty is unapologetically Black, and I will give her a country royalty. Yeah, I'll give her country royalty. Audience, 79% country royalty, 21% country peasant. Gothy Kendall, no designers listed. I love how much she is trying so hard not to be nervous, and yet she is racing down that runway. So calm it down, girl. You're, you're good. You're good. The look is a great homage to the bee feeders while bringing the silhouette into this unique gender-bending fashion moment. I know why we have both blue and black, but I think for the sake of cohesion, maybe the black on the uniform could have been the same blue as the flag. Her mug is flawless. It is soft, and that ruby red lip is to die for I love that we are seeing how she has grown on the runway. Now she just has to shake the nerves and give their performance. Yeah, I mean, I like the look. I This is one of those things we've, we've seen a lot on Drag Race UK already. So, like, 
it didn't it didn't wow me um i yeah. for some reason i there's like those weird like you know poofy things at her waist like um like where her pads are that i i don't know i it, something's off about it for me the judges love that she's all grown up. They like that she set the scene for the variety show, but didn't think she had enough confidence or fuck the fire. I'll give her a country royalty. Um, I'll give it soft country royalty. Audience, 82% country royalty, 18% country peasant. La Grande Dame, look by Lady Miss Boo, hair by Paris Hair. What I will say is she's dumb and she knows it. And she knows that she can give you a pretty face and a campy garment and everyone will eat it up. I do think on her socials, the look sans the Eiffel Tower is much better. You really get to see the animation of the frog with the tongue hanging out. I think the Eiffel Tower is really to help remind the idiots watching from home where she's from. But the concept is fully drag, and that is what this is a showcase of. She knows she can give you French fashion later. So to start off with camp, that is what British drag is inherently known for. Very smart move on the first runway. Yeah, I mean, I think she already showed the world that she can do fashion from her entrance look. So, like, I think she spaced it out very well. Like, you know, that is not just all fashion like John Perz is trying to give right now. But it's also right. not just, you know, she can turn a look, too. Country royalty for me. Yeah, country royalty as well. Audience, 95% country royalty, 5% country peasant. And finally, Hannah Conda, looked by Paul McCann and Kirsten Damned. The message and statement, especially coming from her and the things that she has gone through in her previous life, it's incredibly important. She is sharing the importance of First Nations people with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Having the print on the back was important on a global stage. As far as a Priscilla-inspired look, oh, baby, it looks like a regional production. It is not well-crafted, and it feels like arts and crafts to the max. Did we need the blue tongue? No, it looks silly. I think this could have been done better, and I think people are giving her a pass because of the statement. Yeah, I mean, I I like the, you know, like the cape um, collar thing. Um... And I like the boots. I think those are my favorite parts. Um, but yeah, it does come off a little costumey. I will give it a soft country royalty because I do know it is rooted in Priscilla and I love Priscilla. But girl, this this is your only one pass. This is it. If this, you show me this again, we're, we're, we're having a little breakup. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it soft country royalty as well. I don't think it's terrible. Agreed. Well, especially compared to some of the looks that have been on the runway. Um, it, it didn't quite matter. I, I agree. And the audience, 80% country royalty, 20% country peasant. Rue has decided that Keta Minaj, Jambers Blonde, Orange, Castilla, La Manja, Tia Coffee, and Hannah Condor are safe, leaving Theresa May, Gothic Kindle, Marina Summers... Scarlet Envy, Mayhem Miller, and LeGrand Diamonds, the tops and bottoms. Do you agree? I think I agree. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with it. I think it was totally acceptable. Based on the judge's critique, LeGrand Dom, Marina Center, Summers are the top two queens of the week. Scarlet Envy, Theresa May are safe, leaving Mayhem Miller and Gothy Kendall as the bottom. Do you agree with those results? Yeah, I think those are spot on. 
I, I agree. And I think, again, we'll, we'll go through this, but I'm like, this just feels like this was all set up. And it really feels like Goffy, no matter what, was going to be in the bottom because that storyline and Mayhem Miller was just there because they told her to be there and they knew she was going home. So it was fine to put her next to Goffy. Yeah, I agree. I think the one thing that I feel like I don't, I, I could have also seen happening was, um, Scarlet Envy being safe and then John Burr's Blonde being in her spot but I don't think either of them were bad enough to be in the bottom Agreed. Well it is harvest season as Marina says but Legrand Dom has to limbo into the workroom. Uh, they did not adjust the size of the set for her. She is still too tall <laughs> House of Love cocktails did not get imported. Do you think they're ever going to have a chance to drink House of Love in the UK? I mean hopefully. I, I've had House of Love <laughs> and i love them so the tops are feeling good with their wins but they are feeling the pressure of setting the bar high so how is mayhem feeling well she says no one likes to be in the bottom but she's happy she took a chance and risk she just seemed way too resolute that she's about to leave like it almost feels like this was all part of a script i don't know why maybe i'm so wrong and my conspiracy theory is just out of left field it just doesn't feel right yeah, she she seemed very very content with like whatever happened, um, and I think part that's part of why she went home. Gothy is all smiles. She didn't think she would be in the bottom in the first episode, but hey, it's reality TV. A chance to send someone home first twice. I mean, Survivor did it. Why not do it on Drag Race? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, you had your one chance to come back and you blew it. We're going to get our one-on-one chats first. Let's see how Mayhem and Marina discuss things. Mayhem believes if she didn't laugh, she wasn't that bad and would have been at least safe. She still has fire in her and has more to show. After two seasons, really, that's the line you're going to give someone. You have more to show. You've had your chance twice. Yeah. Marina knows what she can do and tells her that she still is not sure about how she will go about things. But Mayhem will float the idea of an arrangement. An alliance, if you will. If she saves her, she could possibly potentially return the favor. Do you think Marino's buying it? Um, I mean, I feel like she was buying the fact that Mayhem would have done it if she was going to be in the top later on. But I feel like Marino is probably like, what are the chances you're going to be in the top later on? <laughs> so... Right? I agree. Over with Dom and Gothi. Gothi's okay. She has been in the bottom before, but didn't think... She was that bad. Gothi is getting good vibes from Legrand's album and wants to show that she deserves to be there. She will smartly say that Mayhem knows the game and Gothi has more to show. And she will go hard and say that Mayhem shouldn't be in the bottom if she's got this much experience. And Legrand's album seems to be picking up on it. She will feel bad if she takes away this opportunity from Gothi. And I've got to say, Gothi really surprised me. I'm proud of the fight she just gave. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Gothi had the reason to stay. Like, you know, she really did not get a chance to, like, show herself at all. So, like, she had, like, the most to, like, gain from staying. Over at the couches, the safe queens do not envy being in the top position. As Teresa floats out there, the name of the game is UK versus the world. There are two international queens at the top and one UK queen at the bottom. Would they play that game? Very interesting that she's floating that out there. I don't know. 
Mayhem and Legrandom. Well, Mayhem will say she can't say she was better than somebody else, but come straight in with her proposition. Here comes the alliance. Now, how can you make an alliance with two different people? Yeah, it's kind of like whoever saves me, am I? I'm I'm gonna you know help out later on. But what happens if like they both would have saved her, and they're both the ones in the bottom later on? Correct. Correct. I think she just wanted to make some juicy TV before she leaves. Yeah. She was having too much fun with it. <laughs> yeah. LeBron Dom wants to know how she will know if it's a serious proposition. And Mayhem says she's a man of her word. And if she promises something, she will honor it. Okay. That that that's gotta go with the word. But LeBron Dom is tempted, but I just don't think she was buying it, even though she told Mayhem not to say her goodbyes yet. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see whose lipstick who she picked next yeah. week. Finally, Gothi will chat with Marina. She will tell Marina she brought that thought she brought something unique and different to the stage, and she knows she's funny and stupid and has to bring that across to the judges. Marina says she hasn't made up her mind and it's heavy position to be in. She claims the bottoms are at an even playing field with a critique, so she will do what her gut tells her. Gothi can't read Marina and is nervous that she's holding her cards too much at her chest. But Marina doesn't want to be the girl to send Gothi home twice, but understands the judge's feelings on her confidence. This is the world stage. As Marina says, this is harder than her ex's dick. Good girl. Very funny. Yeah, you gotta get those one-liners in when you can. We will see Marina and Legrand Dom change, and I am so happy my girl Hibiscus from New York City let Marina wear her drag. Oh my god, how sweet of you to share your drag. Another Filipino icon. Also, the memes going around with the height difference, you can't unsee it. It's hilarious. The AJ and the Queen meme, it, that one got me. Oh my god, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh my god, it was so funny. The queens are back. It's time to get their lip sync on. This is the lip sync for the world. And the song is Dreamer by Living Joy. Literally never heard this track before. So why are you giving it to two international divas who don't even go there? That's cruel. Yeah, I actually have heard this song before, but I didn't know that's what it was called. <laughs> All I'm going to say is there was a 0% chance LeGrand Dom would ever beat Marina Summers in lip sync. Like that bitch is fucking brilliant at the art of lip syncing. The lyrics were in her, in her mouth like she was singing it. Legrand Dom, what she did is proved that she is tall. That's it. That's all she did. Yeah, like her lipstick was fine. Um, but for a song like this, I feel like you need the energy. And that's Agreed. what Marina gave. In the end, the winner of the lip sync is Marina Summers. Legrand Dom is safe. Do you agree? Yep, I do agree. The time has come. Marina has decided to eliminate Mayhem Miller. Gothi Kendall will get a chance to see an episode two for the first time in her drag race career. Did she make the right decision? I think she did. I mean, I agree. Mayhem has had her chances. Um, she was very content with like, you know, heading home. And I feel like even from a strategic point, like eliminating someone who's only been in the bottom every single episode they've been in. Um, not a bad strategy choice. Read. All right, I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast up. Are you ready? Yes. What is Mayhem's legacy? Um, I think Mayhem 
is iconic with the, you know, the eye look. I think she will always have that um, no matter what happens. Um, and she's a legend in the U.S. drag scene, especially, um, you know, longevity. And her legacy also is just she, she just can't do a talent show to save her life. No. <laughs> Who won the week? Who had the best episode? I think Marina and Legrand. I think they both had a, a stellar episode. Um, I'm going to go a, a step even further and say all the non-Ru-hosted girls had a great episode because I think we got a real amazing opportunity to see the four franchises here being represented so well. And I think people who didn't know the four are eager to learn more about it and the queens who come from their shows. Yeah, like a few of them I don't know, um, which um, they kind of all like blew my mind. Um, a few of them I did know, like Rancha, who I think, you know, personality just like shown through this entire episode. So I'm excited to see what they do. We've got a ball next week. And uh, will RuPaul actually show up? She was not in the next time on at all. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. I think we're having another Michelle moment. Well, I have a really important question to ask here. If Michelle is in charge, is Arancha, our season's trans girl, screwed? I hope not. What 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 would happen if on Michelle's watch another trans contestant is sent home? Um, I think Michelle's gonna hear about it on social media. <laughs> I fucking hope it doesn't happen, but dear God, I mean, technically, she wouldn't be the one sending it home. It would be whoever's in the top, but if you put it on the bottom, she must be that bad, but ooh, that would be scary. I don't want to live also, in that universe. It's also a ball challenge, so that also doesn't uh, fare well for... It does not put well, no. Yeah. After one episode, the winner of the season is... If I had to, like, crown right now, I would say Marina... Um, obviously. I agree. I'm going team Marina right now because she really stood out. Yeah, but if I, I'm still, I'm still rooting for Tia. I just don't think, like, obviously, I don't think Tia showed what needs to be shown to win in this episode. I agree. I think maybe more time, but I think Marina's definitely got to unlock if she's not in the finals. Something like Pangina happened. Yeah, I hope she's not Pangina. I really do. <laughs> All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Yes, you can find me on um, social media and Venmo at Jenny Honey Drag. Um, that's uh, yeah, yeah, at Jenny Honey Drag. Um, and then if you want to find out any events, I am in the Philadelphia area. Um, that's where most of my shows are. Um, and you can actually follow my production company on Instagram at hen h e n n underscore house underscore events amazing well thank you so much for kicking off season two with me yeah thank you so much for having me um i'm excited to see you know your opinions for the rest of the season um and find out who wins this thing i can't wait 